Hi, you're listening to 15 Minutes with Alex, and this is Alex, of course. And we have a two-parter, again, a twofer, or I don't know what you call that, a one-part and two-part story from my dear, dear, our dear friend who we've known forever, Todd Thomas, an incredible designer and more, with stories to last a lifetime of his youth and journey to New York as a preeminent fashion designer. Um, but so I hope you enjoy it. Okay, wait a second. If you sing of music... Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, now we've got you loud great. and clear. Great, great. Okay, great. All right, so we're going to pretend that we're calling you. I'm going to make a ring sound with my mouth, not okay. with my vagina. Okay, thank God. Construction. Bring, 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 bring. Are you there, Todd? Bring. Hello. Oh, hi, Todd. Alex. Hi. How are you? Good. How are uh, you? Good. You're a good actor. I feel like that was a really genuine, like, play acting phone pickup. I've learned to be act genuine. Um. Hi, Todd. <laughs> Hi, Nick. How are you? Good. Thanks for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Nick, I, yeah, I love talking to you guys. When we love talking to you, Nick's already chastising me in the background. When I laughed, oh. when he said hi, Todd, he gave, he, he gave me a dirty look. It's because yeah. Alex always cackles over all my um, punchlines. Like, cause yeah. she, cause she knows my joke. So I start to tell the joke. And then when I get to the punchline, she starts la cackling and yeah. nobody else can hear it. But so it's a, I know. And then we've been, we've been having very bickering last COVID couple of days. Oh, it's really been rough the past couple of days. Honestly, you it's feel that too. Yeah. I think it's, I think I hear it too from other people too. Like oh. call me, I'm cranky. Oh my god! Mommy, Even our dog is cranky. Our dog, like, because there was a lot of fireworks for um, Memorial Day, and our dog is terrified of fireworks. Pickles, of course, I'm talking about, and um, so he's basically been hiding under our bed for 48 hours, and um, it, he got into a dog fight, which is totally unlike him. But like, yeah, everyone's just tense. Yeah, and. Um... Pickles. Doesn't your dog have a hyphenated name? Oh, um, oh, Jackie Pickles. Sometimes we call Jackie him. Pickles. Yeah, yeah, Nick. Nick likes or Pickles to add, Jackie Foot. Nick likes to add a lot of different names to it. So I it's like funny. That. I have you up on Google right now, like just for the uh -huh. fuck of it. And it's interesting. Did you know that there was a American football player named Todd Thomas? I did, and there's a baritone named Todd Thomas. Oh too. yeah, I see are that. they named after Which you? Is not named. I used to be higher up on the search, but then I stopped caring. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good segue into um, some of what we want to talk about, because one is that I said you were a good actor, and in fact, um, you have been, I can't, you know, so I, what episode were you on of High Maintenance? I wasn't. I was, I was on, I was like in the background, but then I think um, Jack Ferber, like, um, uh, took all the pulled all the focus and I got chopped. No, oh, fuck that. Who's and, who's Jack yeah. Ferver? Is that a he's young? An a, he's, a, he's an amazing performer, actually. He's really hilarious. So, um, and okay. he actually had a speaking role. You right, know. right. Also, I feel like I probably was like aesthetically wrong for the scene. 
Right, so, right. I've been know, I've been cut out of a lot of things throughout my career. Yeah. Um, so. But so yeah, our mutual friend, the the I guess famous Ben Sinclair, the create mm-hmm. co-creator and star of High Maintenance, of which. Yeah. I have a recurring role. Who claims yeah. who's claims he's in his thirties, but I actually think he's more likely fifty-five. Yeah, I think he's fucking with us and lying. Um, uh-huh. Uh he if we're out in the old days when we were out and about, we'd people I would say, you know, tell that story and you and I even, know, you're you're very like I, I feel like with you guys, I don't know. There was just, and it was like instantaneous with you two upon meeting mm-hmm. at, at um, actually, at, I think one of Cindy's Christmas parties. Yeah, and, I think uh, you're right. And uh, I, there was just this immediate thing that that it was like uh, all barriers are down. You just like you're very disarming in a way. So right. I always feel like well, I'm revealing, divulging these like. <laughs> I think Alex was really. <laughs> intimate humiliating <laughs> and ben is actually one of those people too that's like a kind of like you know barrier breaker or you know terror downer who's like yeah I, you know just like you feel like confessor you know mm-hmm. and then and then and then you flash forward you're in a public setting and you're like oh tell that story about <laughs> when you were like it's so hilarious. And I'm like, okay. I know. Well, so. I, I then it's funny that you're saying that because right before I called you, I was like, I wonder if Todd ever feels that like I am exploiting him because I get so excited to see you. And, and also I just love the tone of your voice, the way you talk. And of course I always want to talk about sex with you because yeah. as you already know, I fetishize gay male sex and wish that right. I could come back as a gay man. So I, in the pre- and, and, and- and I fetishize it too. <laughs> right. And I was going to say, you probably remember Alex pulling those uh, boundaries down, as you say, because she was like literally trying to pull your pants off the first time we met, as I recall. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm obsessed with your dick. And I, and I, and you were, I was lucky enough that you actually showed me via FaceTime the other day while you were peeing very briefly. Thank God I was looking at the phone in that moment. What? I didn't I hear about this. I know. I saw you looking all around. So. Oh, I my God. I just glanced at the phone and suddenly it was there and I've been dying to see it. And it lives beyond what I imagined. It's like much. Oh, well, oh boy. Yeah. It outlives. In my, in, in my circles, it's, it's, it's not so impressive. But, you know. <laughs> That's what I just said then. Yeah. So I feel like. Every- Everything's relative. Mm, mm. I really live vicariously through your sex life. And now you have this virtual sex life that seems just as exciting as your real life sex life. Well, it's not as exciting, but it makes <laughs> you do pretty well. You know, it's a whole different sort of, um, you know, it's a whole different experience, really, the virtual thing. With, right, right. Know, <laughs> with booms um, and groups and chats and whatnot. And it's a very interesting, you right. know, cultural observation. Do you feel like is there a sense of satisfaction, you know, post orgasm, or do you sometimes feel empty and spent? Um, both. You yeah, know, as yeah. Usual. You know, sometimes you're like, you know, amazing, amazing, and sometimes you're like, okay, that's done, and other times you're like, life is so empty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is kind of like that with sex anytime. Yeah. 
Not sex with me. <laughs> Not with Nick. Um, so <laughs> then, yeah, so I feel like I didn't know this, but I, and it's funny because we talked about Rachel Comey so much the other, um, in our last episode, oddly, but. Um, uh-huh. Well, that's, she's actually a uh, connector here, yeah. too, because um, she and I, I think we, no, I, I don't know. Somehow we're connected because I know Ben through Rachel because this yeah. was pre, you know, their kind of uh, HBO days. It was still you yeah. know, early on for high maintenance and they were doing an episode on Rachel and came to her dinner show. And, yeah, yeah. And, and Rachel you know, introduced and me I've to them. I've been watching them and like into them a lot. And Rachel was like, oh, Todd, come here, come here, come here. And like, you know, Ben and Katya were there and, and um, she was like, this is high maintenance. And right. I was like. I didn't know what she was talking about. I'm like, uh, yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah. I, <laughs> I thought she was like, and then, you know. Yeah. Was, so is, I felt, that whole inter- inter- same with me. Yeah. That's exactly how she introduced them to me too. And um, so they, so it turns out that Ben and Rachel, their favorite story of yours is a story that I love too. I mean, I guess my favorite story is sucking dick in Cincinnati, but that'll have to come right. for the next episode. That but, I'm saving for my own uh, uh, book. Exactly. Oh, and I even said the title wrong. I just realized. I will, it's sucking That's cock okay. in Cincinnati. Yeah. My interest is always in the obscene, um, but then I feel. Well, I would. I wouldn't say that exclusive. That's a, an exclusive. I mean, I think that you just draw out in other people. You know, I yes, think that there's yes. like I don't know. There's just a sense of uh, you know of you know, yeah, extraction, you know. Yeah, I well, mean, I also can Also, they, it's just you, you create, like, an, an intimate platform, you know. Well, that's, that's just good. It, really. Yes, well, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, and I also just, at parties, I don't like just plain chit-chat. I can't stand talking about, like, career and all that. I just right. want, I want to get right to the nitty-gritty, basically. Right. Who, who are you fucking and, and how are you fucking them? Sure, all, exactly. And then also, I mean, the amazing thing about you, for better, for worse, is, like, the the whole kind of, like, um, potential car crash situation, um, <laughs> socially. Yes. Which I'm, like, I'm just, like, pull up a chair and light a cigarette and let's see where it goes. Nick, Nick <laughs> is always very nervous that it's going to go awry, which, as we know, it can and does. No, but you so know what? Like, I it, I actually – there's never been a car crash. There is always um, – Right. I can only think of one real car crash in what my in it? our entire life. Um, it was, I think, with Max Polevsky. Oh God! I'll save it for another time. But that's okay. the only car crash I've ever. But we don't even know what I said. Exactly, we don't. Like it veers to like you know going off the cliff, but yes. then there's a swerve back onto the. Shoulder. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And it is possible yeah. a bunch of people have driven off the cliff and we just never realized. Sure, sure, because. Exactly. That's- there's plenty of people that we're not friends with anymore, and we don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. um, but no, I've definitely offended people. I know that for sure. Like I have had good friends who have told me that was not appropriate, or I didn't want you to talk many times. So you know, and I have to really, which I do. Um, yeah. Sup, you know, Alex, lie on my back I didn't, with my legs. I didn't want to talk about my prolapsed anus exactly. on, on TV. Oh, to Nick. And Nick, I've definitely done it to Nick many times. He gets really upset about that. But um, so I always apologize. I try to, you know, my, my closest friends have forgiven me many times. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky for that. But um, so when we, so I feel like you, you were sort of joking. You were telling me this well, sort of a joke right before we started recording, and I wanted to like coax you to return to that because you were saying that you knew Ben liked this particular story, and then you, and because of the way you were feeling right before COVID, you called him and said, you know. Oh, no. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I told, I, um, I told, you know, I shared this with Ben and, um, and he, you know, he's, and had, and he has, and, you know, since at, in social occasions at a dinner, oh, but hey, tell, tell him about the, <laughs> the, uh, the hitchhiking, tell him about the, the respiratory therapy. Yes, the respiratory so, therapy. Uh, I wanted you to say respiratory therapy first. I didn't want to say yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the respiratory therapy story. So, oh, so you know, I mean, I, for me, my work started falling out, like, upon, you know, like, it, from the beginning of, like, the whole Wuhan thing. Like, mm-hmm. I saw it coming. I saw it coming. It fell off. It fell off. You know, and then when it kind of hit me, went into quarantine, I was like, wow, this is, like, really over and it's really kind of like profound and Mm -hmm. and it is and when you say this is really over do you mean like the 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 sense of your like of your career of the trajectory of your career or like kind of yeah i mean like the trajectory of the of, of 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 my work as it has been done which is you know primarily fashion based which is already mm-hmm. like so you know bankrupt and wrong and mm-hmm. and so problematic and just on the verge of collapse and it's like okay this is like you know this is what kills the dinosaurs and um <clears throat> and you know i was thinking oh god you know so now you know everyone's in this mode of like you know kind of you know yeah what are we doing and i'm at home in like early days of quarantine and i just text ben and i said um Hey, um, I think it might be time to resurrect that respiratory therapy career. <laughs> and I know, for me, it's particularly funny since I know the story. I mean, the fa- I mean, you know, my generation. You know, I grew up. Uh, I'm 58, so I, you know, I was, you know, my kind of coming of age was, you know, the 70s, really. And, yeah. Um, you know, I lived in Murfreesboro, Illinois, which was like. A big town in rural America, comparatively speaking, of mm-hmm. ten thousand people, mm-hmm. and you know it was a whole different time then. And you know, being gay was not, you know, was a whole, whole different experience. <laughs> yeah. You know, which you know came along with lots of disapproval and you know, lots of like you know therapy and doctors and institutions and like you know wrong 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 Mm -hmm. and there was no way to connect with others at that time i mean Mm -hmm. you literally had to like go looking around physically to find a connection so you know at that time just proximity to others was difficult and there wasn't a community like there is now like you can go online and find some support group or something it was you know it was so for me at that time it was like the gay community was, um, you know, the regional gay bar. Right. That was it. That was wow. it. You know, like so. So what did you, you know, do? That's, How that's did where you... everybody came together? So, um, you know, there wasn't, um, you know, that was the social, you know, network. Um, and you know, I needed. I I was very aware at an early age of my sexuality, and I wanted to act on it. You know. How early were you aware? Like the pre-puberty. 
Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. And did your parents suspect? Like, were they frustrated at how you were as a prepubescent? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there were other issues, too. I mean, I'm like, I was just like a kind of like a, you know, a tricky kid. I was rebellious. And, you know, my, you know, I, I mean, my parents definitely had their hands full. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, to their, uh, you know, I love them very much. My, uh, you know, my, my mom's past, my dad's amazing. 100% like evolved amazing person that has just you know blows me away really um, mm-hmm. uh, that being said at that time it was horrible and difficult mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know nobody knew any better really you know right, so right. me trying to find like what I needed and meant I had to move around and mm-hmm. you know get over to that gay bar right know? right and, <laughs> and <laughs> you know P.S. I'm like you know 14 years old or something. Right. You know? And so you were having. So, so would you were were you having sex with you know strangers at that time? Um. Well, I wouldn't necessarily frame it that way mm-hmm. because it was a little bit more tender. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Got it. You had lovers. You had lovers. Then. Got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so no, you know, I was desiring these encounters. That wasn't. I mean, the sexual part of it was definitely a big part because you're, of course, that's the time of your life and you're becoming aware and you want to act on these impulses. But the connecting part and not being like an outcast or feeling, you know, I mean, just searching for a sense of community was the primary purpose. Yes, yes. So So how did you find it? You know, that entailed like me getting there on the down low, Mm -hmm. you know. Got it. So, you know, lying about where I was going. You know, I think I saw Smokey and the Bandit ten times. According, <laughs> <laughs> and then according, according to me, got it, um, got it. You know, yeah. So it was like go, you know, go out, you know, walk to the edge of town yeah. by the like, you know, former, you know, water sewage plant where the crossroads were, and stick out my thumb and hitchhike <laughs> over to like. The cultural city Ooh. of Carbondale, okay. where, there a, where there was a university, and you know, and and it brought others from different places. So and how long that was that would, hitchhike? Like, how long would that take to get there? It, oh, it's not long. It's like a fifteen-minute drive or something. Okay, you got know, it. Twenty minutes or got something. It. I mean, I could have walked, you know. Yep. But, you know, so I'm like, you know, roadside, and like, you know, my, uh, you know. And were you quite just, fashionable at that time, like like the way well, you dress now? Well, aspirationally, aspirationally, so yes, I you know had my like, you know, uh, you know my like. Uh, yeah, describe your outfit. Oh, I think it was a, like a Kiana disco shirt that had like <laughs> a, you know like a subway car on it, you know, with graffiti. Like you know, there was like a you know New York scene on it, and you know high waisted jeans tucked into dingo boots mm. and like. Um, I think I had like a, you know, like a Dorothy Hamill wedge haircut, kind wow. of like feathered back and sprayed with final nut. Oh my God, that sounds incredible. I need to just tell the listeners, like, I'm sure you'll look Todd Thomas up, but he is always impeccably dressed. And by impeccably, I don't mean like your average impeccable dress person. It's high level tailoring craftsmanship like it's a pleasure to set eyes on him at any point so i can only imagine what his what his 
what he looked like, what you looked like at that time. So that, yeah. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, it, it okay. was an obsession that was sort of passed along from my mother, who was a movie star beauty queen in mm. her own right, who, you know, and that was generational, that appearances were so, so, so important. So, right, right. you know, even, you know, even among, I mean, also, I think maybe it was a regional thing, too, because there was a sense of, you know, of pride and, you know, in in celebrations and, yes. you know, whoever, whoever, you know, whatever socioeconomic bracket you were in, you were like dressed appropriately for, yes. you know, church or Easter or right. whatever. Right, right, right. Or whatever. So it's funny because I grew up exactly, so, I it was exactly the opposite for me. But so, but so that said, so you're with your high, you're in your high waisted jeans and your boots right. and you've got so, your you thumb know, out. Yeah. You know, pull the the smokes out of the boots, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, you know, it out of my mouth, like thumb out, and like you know, getting over there. So, um, you know, I and at that time, you know, that was you know, hitchhiking was so so normal. I mean, also it was like, yeah. you know, and you know, it was a college town which. Um, was kind of thriving. I mean, now right. it's not, it's not like it used to be, nor are any of those kind of like places that seem so more, much more desolate and, yeah. and, and non-diverse right now. And would now. you but, say this is like mid seventies, late seventies? This is mid seventies. Mid seventies. So okay. eventually, you know, the circumstances were that I left the, left home mm -hmm. at, at, at 17. That was sort of like, you know, yeah. They'd had it, I'd had it, it was like, this was just like, you know, that was my, that was just the way it was. So, yeah. Yeah. always, you know, stranded or reliant on, you know, the help of other people, you know, mm -hmm. I moved in, I think, you know, I lived for a while with, um, you know, uh, um, some lesbian friends that lived in a trailer park outside mm -hmm. of town. Mm -hmm. One was my age, and she had an older girlfriend. Okay. And and her mother lived in the trailer park too, in a really nice one that was like double wide. <laughs> and she was like a kind of mother to everybody. I mean, also during this whole time and my youth it was just this burning desire to like just escape, and I knew yeah. that there was just all of the stuff out there, you know. Mm. So for like Carbondale represented that like otherly, you know, sophisticated or like, mm. you know, cultural kind of encounter. You know, I remember even as a kid prior to that, you know, like begging my parents when we'd go out to like shopping center or something. Yep. I don't remember. Yeah. And you know, we'd, we'd go to the McDonald's there and you know, I just like beg like, please can we go into town and look at the hippies? You know, <laughs> so it was, you know, it, it had, it had that otherness yeah. to it that, yeah. that really spoke to me. And, um, yeah, anyway, mm -hmm. spent, you know, spent time, you know, lived at the, in the, I don't remember the name of the trailer park. It had a really catchy name, but I wish I could remember. <laughs> spent time there, you know, mesmerized, like listening to disc, listening to Grace Jones nonstop, like mm. staring, you know, staring at that, like Grace Jones portfolio album, like just burning it into my retinas of like oh that, you know, Richard Bernstein on the, you know, yeah. image on the, you know, leopard print and listening to oh. it. And then we go to the, gay bar and dance to it which by the way incidentally was called uh the new yorker <laughs> the um, gay bar was yes <laughs> and there were two there was that's one amazing called, 
there the first one was the was the Washington Street Underground. Okay. Which was literally under a liquor store. <laughs> that sounds incredible. <laughs> and there was like a little square you know, four by four dance floor with a jukebox next to it, like Jodie Foster and the Accused. Oh my God, that and, sounds dreamy. Um, and it, then there was a New Yorker, which is where we went, you know, with the, with the, you know, and listened to the Grace Jones and the dance, mm. the disco, and it was just, just glamour, glamour, glamour. And at that and, time, did um, you have your eyes set on New York? Like, or was that even too big of a fantasy at that point? Um, I, you know, I think I did. Yes. Okay. I mean, I think I, I think I are, you know, yeah, I aspired to, you know, to, yeah, something like that. Right. Uh, right. And, uh, coincidentally, the, um, the last song every night that mm -hmm. they played at, that, at the New Yorker was, um, native, native New Yorker. So, <laughs> no, how does that go? What is it? You know, you grew up riding the subway. <laughs> You know that one? No, I don't. Oh my God, it's amazing. Who who is it? What what? I don't know. Okay, okay, I'm gonna look it up afterwards. Uh, yeah, I'm looking it up now. Okay, it's great. Cause that should be so, my theme song. Anyway, you know? I'm 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 digressing from the okay, story. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so there was a series of people that I like, you know, lived with and relied on that helped me and took me in and like, you know, that were roommates and supported right. me and I lived with, you know. Um, a gay divorcee woman who I worked with at, at Olga's Art and Gift Shop, who, um, who, you know, had two children. She just left her Vietnam vet husband, who was, like, abusive. Oh, my she, God. She was selling her wild oats that were never sown right. with me. Oh, my God. From the get-go, and, you know. <laughs> She Amazing. was going to the gay bars with me. I was sneaking into the biker bars and roadhouses with her, <laughs> you know. It was just, and you know, that sounds incredible. A, a series of, you know, of experiences. Of, yes. You know, uh, I lived, you know, I had a, uh, I think shortly after that, moved in with my middle aged boyfriend, who, Gary, who worked at the uh, Ma Bell phone company by day <laughs> and grew aquariums full of psilocybin mushrooms no, in no. a closet. And, you know, oh my you know, God. Forever kind of like, uh, aroma of like musty nuttiness growing and in this house like students that went to school you know locally so it was like a communal kind of thing and I actually yeah. and there was a biker that lived in the attic that the <laughs> that the divorce woman was dating so <laughs> all this kind of like there was a core community in fact right um, right you know uh, and it was kind of like, and there I remember like kind of musically, there was a, you know, being introduced to the first time, you know, that I, kind of, I mean, I heard, I'd known punk existed because mm -hmm. my boyhood friend, you know, being at his house, he was like, you know, bringing, he, you know, we went into his sister's room and like, we looked at the Patti Smith album and, mm -hmm. the, and uh, you know, the horses album and we yeah. looked at uh, the cover of the sex pistols and was like oh my god like it was like some type of like yeah you know snuff film or like yeah something <laughs> so weird to, uh, did you say you some know. kind of like snuff film yeah 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 like so, totally ugh, you know so sh you know shattering to all of our like midwest provincial you know aesthetics that we kind of you know yeah. grown up with yeah um, yeah but in this in this in the in the in, in the psilocybin house one of the you know, young women that lived there 
who um, drink that wine out of the bottle with the basket. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, what's that Chianti? called? Chianti? Chianti? Yeah. She drank Chianti and she was, <laughs> and she, I don't know. They, 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 I mean, I always just felt like such my, a kind of like, My grandmother I, always had a basket of Chianti at, grandma, the, at the ready. Grandma Rose. It's, it, 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 yeah, it just it was a, one of those things that stuck in my mind. And she um, just seemed so sophisticated somehow. Yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. My, you know, and by like the way, that would be like, a great name for the oh, chapter of the memoir, The Psilocybin House. Oh, totally. Anywhere, somewhere after Gary, I think that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. You know, also like jobs. I don't remember like what I did for money, really. I know that I worked at like there was we got a big fancy mall. You know, I think I got a job like doing display at like mm. Union Union Jack, where okay, you know, and um, you know, was introduced to the finer things in life at other stores like you know like Aramis Cologne, right, 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 and and, and Clinique products. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Looking for a job, always looking for a job, looking for something. Anyway, hit, you know, was on my way to like a job interview or something. I yeah. Think, hitchhiking. And yeah, side of the road, we thumb out, sig in mouth, you know, todge <laughs> routine, zoom, 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 wish, 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 people pass you up. And, you know, then there's, you know, up comes like, you know, kind of like a semi matte metallic impala you know yeah blue you know metallic blue with yeah. a navy hard top you know yeah. slows and pulls over on the gravel curb mm-hmm. you know it's like this is august i remember it was like you know the hottest time of the year in southern illinois which by the way is like saigon like you <laughs> really? can barely <laughs> like i had no idea you can barely see wow it's so so okay. you're perpetually like moist. Okay, nice. That's hot. And um, you know, up pulls this car, and you know, uh, you know, cranes up. Like you know, you don't really see the driver. You always, you know, you have to, you know, because they're like blocked sort of visually until yeah, they, yeah. you crate. And did you have any? Did they, you have any trepidation? Over. Were you were um, you nerve? Were you? Do you have any trepidation or fear at all at at any? Well, point? I mean, no. I mean, I mean, very little. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> at that point, you know. Yeah. Um, the moment of assessment that took right. place. Sure. Know? So you couldn't and, see him uh, at first. Yeah. He pulls up. Charlie pulls over, cranes under, and looks at me. Hey, where are you going? And I'm, you know, looking at him and, you know, sizing things up, like, you know, pretty quickly. Okay. He's like, you know, kind of an obese man. Okay. You know, 30, late 30s. Okay. Tight, curly, corkscrew perm. Hot. Uh, Hot. <laughs> Aviator glasses, okay. one striped shirt, got with it. collar, okay. uh, like kind of like the clear, clear, like icy eyes, kind of, and like you know, mm-hmm. uh, and um, he's like, you know, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm heading over to Carmel. Oh, I'm going that way. I'll give you a lift. Get slide, you know, open the door. Like, you know, just attempt to slide on the, you know, mm-hmm. metallic blue vinyl, but sort of like just stick Oof. immediately. Because it's, it's probably super like, hot, too. It's really hot. Yeah. And like, you know, get in the car, there's no air conditioning. Um, mm-hmm. It was probably a bench seat or were they bucket seats? It was the bench. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh my God. All right. We have to stop there. Um, we've got, we're trying to keep them to 15 minutes. Obviously it's kind of a joke. 15 minutes with Alex is often at least a half an hour, sometimes 20 minutes, but sometimes an hour. So anyway, we're going to, we're going to break up the story and this is part one. You'll have to unlock part two. No big deal. And part two, I was about to say that's making me hot and horny, but it's actually part two where it makes me hot and horny, but I listened to it all in one thing. So I got a little confused. So you haven't gotten hot and horny yet. Well, you might never get hot and horny unless you have the inner sex drive of a gay man like I do, but I think many of you do. So yeah. All right. So stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed that part one. Part two will be out soon and that's where you're going to get hot and horny. Now you might just be riveted and in suspense. Become a patron if you haven't already. Share it. Unlock part two. And unlock part two. That's how you get part two, to become a patron. And guess what? It's pay whatever you want, my friends. Whatever you want. What's this, Nick? Patreon. At Patreon. Dot com, com, patreon.com, com, com, com.